I V M. BQ Big Decisions, the Bloomberg Quint podcast that helps you make the right financial choices. A few years back in Lokanbala in Mumbai, I met a very interesting person. We were in a coffee shop and he'd ordered himself a large mug of black coffee. He had a paper in his hand and he seemed to be practicing lines of some sort. It turned out that he was auditioning for a small role in an upcoming film. A little while later, after he'd grabbed his second cup of sugar-free black coffee, we got to talking. We spoke about his fitness regimen, his diet plan, his dream of making it big in Bollywood and the odd jobs that he was taking to keep his dream alive. He was quite confident that he'd get the part. It wasn't a big one, most definitely not his dream role, but it would pay well. And after two and a half months of not earning anything, he couldn't afford to turn it down. As someone who'd always earned a salary, I'd sometimes daydreamed about the prospect of freelancing. The freedom that it entails made it seem like a great option. That conversation made me realize, though, that there's also a fair degree of uncertainty that freelancers have to deal with. Thanks so much for listening in. This is BQ Big Decisions and I'm Alex Matthew. On this weekend's podcast, I'd like to talk to you about freelancing and how to manage your money if you're not earning a regular income. I'm joined by certified financial planner Gaurav Mashruwala. Thanks so much for joining me, Gaurav. Thanks, Alex, for calling me. Now, I must mention that apart from the actor that I spoke about, Gaurav, I've also met a few others who are freelancing and who are doing very well for themselves. In fact, they earn more in one month than other people earn in a year. So it can be quite rewarding. But having said that, you have to deal with the uncertainty of uh, when your income is coming in. So what is the first thing that you would say as a financial planner to somebody who's earning an irregular income? Uh, Alex, it's all about managing cash flow. But it's more importantly, the mindset. Okay. So there are some people who are completely at ease with irregular cash flow and large sum of money coming at one point of time and then sailing it through during the no inflow kind. Hmm. Some get kind of overwhelmed right. and they can't do it. So it's, it's a mindset. Uh, there could be individuals who are saying that uh, doing job is very risky. Whether I put in more efforts or less efforts, I get the same amount. Correct. Somebody who's saying that, no, no, doing business is very risky because I don't have a regular. So it's complete mindset. Both situations are possible. If you have an irregular inflow, as the case that you mentioned, you probably work out pseudo situations where you have regular inflow coming in. Okay. What do you mean by that? So, for example, say if you've got a large chunk of money, say from an assignment, 20 lakhs or 25 lakhs or 30 lakhs. If you've done your cash flow calculations properly, mm. and if you know that you require 50,000 every month, mm. then the investment decisions or parking your fund, investment could be a big word, but parking your funds should be in a manner that for a year, from that money, you have regular money coming in. Now, whether you do it in FD or a mutual fund or whatever is your call, vis-a-vis -vis somebody who's certain that unless there is really a retrenchment, I'm going to get my 50,000. So it's more of from this large chunk, I have complete control on my 
expenses and once i have that to do other things in terms of ensuring inflow is more of a mechanical job than than actually a a big process or a big decision making so got i i think what from what you're saying and um i i think this would hold true irrespective of how much you're earning if you're earning less absolutely. also if you're absolutely. earning more absolutely absolutely the first thing i would think is to identify what your expenses are and your regular expenses it becomes more difficult if you're staying away from home which a lot of people do in fact in cities like mumbai and delhi uh, when you're paying a rent and you have these fixed income so ident fixed expenses rather identify what these are and apportion the money that you're earning in chunks so that you have that taken care of for a certain amount of time that's what you're saying yeah alex to make it further simplified i mean i've handled couple of these situations is uh, break up your expenses in bigger two parts uh, mandatory and voluntary okay okay and uh, then break up for the both the categories into fixed and variable okay my mandatory fixed expenses i'll give you an example to make it simple say rent right emi right right uh, insurance premium uh, if i have kids school fees yeah now these are fixed and mandatory correct and hence to gauge their outflow amount and when it's likely to happen is very easy correct and some of these i can't skip yeah right second is mandatory but variable so my grocery my healthcare my clothes and there are certain things which are related to my profession now these happen they change but they are going to happen for sure and these while i can't control the range isn't too large right. i mean if this month i have i'm consuming 20000 of grocery next month it won't go to 75000 correct right? absolutely then the uh, voluntary expenses and that's where the major problem comes up so you mentioned somebody who was having coffee and one cup and second cup and so depending on where he was having coffee or whatever those are variable voluntary expenses right the same person if he's gymming then it's still a kind of mandatory expense but you can cut down an exercise at your house ah okay right so your uh, expenses which are not mandatory uh, you can play around expenses which are mandatory you can't the moment you have that control from the inflow you'll start budgeting automatically it's not a rocket science it's something which our parents and grandmothers used to do it they had enveloped budgeting sure they enveloped for each of the items and they were at more at ease because they just had one inflow and these people also have just said we are going digital and hence our mind are digital and we are given away our intelligence to that artificial intelligence and then we are struggling <laughs> so sit down with a notebook and a pen and list down your expenses the the major uh, ones in both the categories that you've said and identify but how many months do you look at then usually we say 3 in these cases we normally recommend 6 to 9 while somebody who started recently yeah uh may struggle yeah. even at 9 months correct a general rule of thumb i mean i being gujarati but i am not kind of getting into it uh it's like it takes 1000 days to settle in any profession 1000 days yeah so 3 years okay till that time you will not be able to gauge what it is okay come what may irrespective of whether you are a conglomerate instead of a big thing hmm. and hence be prepared now at the beginning you may not even be able to provide for 3 months sure 
Yes, but then that's a call that you have taken, which you mentioned earlier, that you want to make big money, but you don't have consensus, so you have taken that risk and live with it. There is no solution. There is no shortcut. If you're saying that I'm going to accumulate for three years, then you are not fit for freelance. Okay, fair enough. There is an element of risk and it is a choice that you're making, but you can work around that. You have to struggle a little bit initially, but you have to work towards that nine months is what you're saying it you should be doing it and uh, over a period of time once your freelancing assignment stabilizes mm. bring it down to six three would be an ideal because if you're doing it more than three your money is not earning sufficient for you sure okay and if you're doing it less than three in any situation no matter how big and how stable is you're playing too risky okay okay understood but there are certain other things that you can do one uh, in order to manage your cash flows which you said is the most important thing uh, when you don't have an uh, a regular income one would be a credit card right you can manage certain expenses but is that a dangerous proposition yeah, yeah it's very dangerous i mean i remember a, a tv interview there was an anchor and a demon being in anchor was anchor, uh, interviewing a demon and anchor asked demon what is the cruelest thing you ever done and demon said that's my job i just keep doing it all the time so he said no but can you give specific example so he said yeah widow child uh, uh, orphans and world wars and all Anchor said, no, do something which you're proud of. And Anchor uh, demand things and a smile. He says, credit card. So, <laughs> yeah. So, avoid credit cards. You have option of debit card. If you really need to get into it, um, go for personal loans. Okay. Because people will say, credit rating nahi hai, kaise milega. Mm. But if you won't get personal loan, you won't get even a credit card. But that's something that I wanted to ask you about, Gaurav. There are certain long-term goals. Like, for example, if you're staying in Mumbai, and if you want to make a life in Mumbai, you need to, you know, if you want to buy a house in Mumbai, it's going to be a very expensive proposition. Chances are, in fact, it's almost clear that you won't have enough money. So you have to take a loan. If you are freelancing, you don't have a regular income, how is a bank going to give you uh, money for a loan? So one rule of thumb, Alex, and it's a very harsh and crude reality. To borrow money, you must have money. Right. Right. So you must be able to prove it to the lender that, look, you will be able to repay. Sure. Now, people who are starting will not be able to borrow. Okay. Okay. I mean, I don't want to sound little... Uh, kind Optimistic of and give yeah, people false but, yeah. but accept that fact. So either you're staying as a paying guest, or you're staying as a hostel, hmm. or you're little better off and you're kind of uh, uh, rented it out, or you're married, or you are in relationship where at least one of the partner has a stable inflow. Sure. Now, if that's not, then if you're saying that I don't have any income or way less income and somebody would lend me, you'll pay a heavy price of paying very high interest rate. That's not very prudent. You'll have to accept this reality because you're starting on your Sure. Okay. Uh, but generally, uh, if I'm not mistaken, when you're salaried, uh, your uh, bank uh, your your bank looks at your uh, monthly uh, salary and it looks at a multiple of your yearly CTC to give you a certain amount of uh, loan. Uh, if, if it is coming to somebody who say established in uh, whatever they're doing in terms of being freelanced, um, how do they identify how much to lend? While they're looking at your C2C in salary right situation, they're multiplying by monthly 
take home and into number of times. So if they're doing 48, they're saying four years. Here, they would look at your last three or four years inflow and they'll take a call and probably they may if you're an established one may even take a call on your future likely earning end of the day the lender is concerned ke mera paisa wapis kaise aa jayega okay. now whether it's a secured loan then they may feel little more comfortable if it's like housing situation hmm. if it's personal loan they are more worried because it's not backed by an asset so kahin na kahin to for the lender it's the ability to pay willingness to pay and even if there is willingness but there is no ability they will not lend or you'll go to somebody who's a risky lender there is no shortcut to this you'll right. you'll pay price either way okay. live with it i mean you've taken that call. we know people business people who mortgage their house and wives jewelry and start hmm. and they've made it big ye struggle to rahega dost usme koi there is no shortcut fair enough when we talk about and and this is the case uh, in most conversations that we have got on uh, personal finance we say sips are the best mode of investment and here i'm getting to the financial planning with regard to investments you said that over a period of time you bring it down your uh, contingency that you provide from 9 months to 6 months to 3 months because deploying your funds is also important uh, but how does someone who is not earning a regular income do an sib it's it's not possible but how do they do it then so alex one is whether it's not possible or whether it's difficult and i'm saying it's difficult it's not impossible one is sip we link it to mutual funds which more of a in investing fixed amount at a regular interval not necessarily month hmm. and to ensure that we build a corpus for future right so uh, it's like saying that just because i'm a i'm a freelancer i will run 10 kilometers today and then not do it for next 3 months to remain healthy and somebody saying i'm going to it doesn't work like that you do it on a regular basis so one is sip since you mentioned there is an option of doing it every 3 months okay one option is possible recurring deposit is also an option where you do it smaller amount now recurring deposit just an example uh recurring deposit in post office you can even start i think once upon a time 5 rupees per month now it's uh, even if they increase so developing that habit of regular saving is something possible and we are just talking about habit and don't get into numbers sure now again what they should be doing is they should have a small amount being invested it could be as little as 100 200 and then when large chunk comes in mm. you get into stp systematic transfer plan which is a synthetic sip okay so what we are doing in sip is that a fixed amount is coming into a bank account and the outflow is either most the cases monthly but there is option of quarterly, quarterly. but so there is a fixed outflow at an regular interval mm. now here that's not possible so you're getting a large chunk Pocket in a liquid fund, and then systematically transfer. Hmm. So in SIP also you are systematically transferring, but you are doing it from your bank account to the fund. Hmm. Here you are parking in one particular fund, and you are transferring. Hmm. You can do this in your bank account by putting money in FD and linking it to savings bank account. So whenever a check comes in, automatically money gets transferred. So that's is, a little more complicated. That's a little more complicated, but there are many synthetic ways. You need to look at what is easy for you but stp kar do lekin uska matlab ye nahi ki you don't want to do it every month sure every month as a habit do very small amount 
but do that and large chunk comes in do an stp okay so that's more or less taking care of the how of it and how to invest um even if you don't have a regular income but we talk about long term goals right and we talk about say retirement for example there are certain things certain advantages that a salaried professional has whether they want it or not um, they have to make mandatory contributions to the employee provident fund for example so they are saving for their retirement that's not the case for um, somebody who is not employed right um, they have to do it themselves so what is the advice that you would provide to them Alex, this is continuously going back, and it borders where somebody is salaried, vis-a-vis self-employed. Ah, uh, self-employed will struggle with all this. The reason they are going to generate more returns and more on tax-favorable basis, ah, uh, vis-a-vis a salaried is because they have that discipline in their mind and be able to take risk. Now, moment that is there. uh at some point of time start taking calls because we are talking about freelancers they could be various ways they could be some freelancers for whom they are human capital they themselves are the capital and hence they are earning there could be some who are freelancing but needing uh, certain kind of equipments for example a photographer yeah would require equipment i mean and hence he has to or she has to put the, put in money to buy that expensive camera or lenses or whatever so there can't be a standard answer but yes saving and investing for certain goals will take a back seat when you are starting on your own fair enough the only thing that you should be careful you have to check yourself is you don't go aggressive too much with your profession related expansion that you miss out because making money and managing money are two separate things correct to make money you should be good in your occupation so a brilliant actor or a brilliant photographer or whatever makeup writer. artist or writer would be good in making but does not necessarily mean good in managing to Fair manage enough. money you need discipline and once you have that the second thing will get automatically done but don't get into a situation where you keep reinvesting again again and you lose focus you'll have to do a dual road Okay I think that is is more or less a central theme of this podcast which is have an idea as to how much money you need every month and apportion that that's what you said right at the start it's cash flow but also in the sense that the goals are the same for somebody who's salaried and not uh, and you have to apportion certain funds and resources towards that it's basically managing it in in uh, the best way possible right any other advice that you would have to give to somebody who is say you know just starting out um in terms of managing stuff for the long term so here it is whether it's long term initially or it's more of uh, to do things with uh, the ownership and the titles and giving authority and i would want people to pay attention there more because general experience is more most of these people and since you mentioned about uh, mumbai city a lot of them are from outstation so they they are alone they are single here and hence for example they may have a health insurance okay but nobody in the family is aware of it mm. now if they are in the icu who's going to transact for them sure they may have a bank account where there is no second applicant okay they may have uh, investments no second applicant they are ill they need money there is money but there is nobody who can sign it look at those facts first and then look at long term don't miss out on a situation where 
you probably have made right financial decisions but besides you nobody is aware of it or nobody is able to transact look at that and then look at long term so you're talking about power of attorney basically and ensuring that that is in place but that is true for all individuals so that's true for all individuals power of attorney yes there could be joint application because you have parents who are living in another city and then they can operate from there but somebody who has it uh power of attorney yes it is that is also possible i'm talking about ease of operation now once you're salaried you're settled you have somebody who with you're living with as in your your partner or your your spouse or whatever and that becomes very easy if you're single you're going to struggle but keep this in mind i've dealt with so many such situations good health insurance nobody is aware the person is hospitalized they spend entire money and then they're still not aware and the person comes at a time has lapsed or they don't know who the agent is don't get into that situation so be very very careful about that gaurav so we've talked about investments and how to go about it i want to understand when it comes to health insurance and managing health issues over a period of time how does somebody take care of that if they're not uh, salaried well if you're not salaried then of course even everybody needs health insurance only in case of salaried in most of the organizations it'll be your employer who'll be taking care of it exactly but nowadays alex the the job situation overall whether it's a slow down or upswing is also not that stable as in there could be pay cuts or you know entire division being sold off and when somebody is picking up they ask you to go so you are suddenly left without that could be a situation mm. or there could be also a situation where the cover being given by the employer is not sufficient so having parallel health insurance is always mandatory now the second question comes in who is aware sure if you are salaried at least your employer and the hr department will be able to help your family mm. if you've done it on your own except your agent nobody knows it sure so it's not sufficient only to have health have health insurance or life insurance it's also important that for your near and dear ones they know where to get the benefits dear listener if you do know people who are freelancing if you have friends who are freelancing perhaps this conversation will help them out as well so do let them know about it by sharing thanks so much gaurav for joining me on this conversation i do want to point out very quickly because gaurav has said that this is important for everybody who's listening be very careful about the nominations that you make with regard to your investments and in fact your financial lives that's something that you have to do irrespective of whether you're salaried or you're not Thanks so much for listening. This is Bloomberg Quint. If you enjoyed Big Decisions, check out some other podcasts on the IVM Podcast Network. You can check out Paisa Vaisa hosted by Anupam Gupta, Advertising is Dead hosted by Varun Dugirala, The Ronnie Screwwala Podcast hosted by Ronnie Screwwala or Cyrus Says hosted by Cyrus Procha. These shows are available on the IVM Podcast website, app or wherever you get your podcasts from. This is the amazing story of something awesome. Once Chuck decided to start a podcast, and so he did. The end. Okay, that is a crappy story, but I've got some really cool stories over at my new show, The Origin of Things. On this podcast, I look at the stories of how brands came into being. 
and sometimes evolved out of quite unexpected circumstances and to make it really fun i reveal the name of the brand and sometimes a category only at the very end the show is 5 to 7 minutes per episode and perfect for trivia junkies and brand nerds especially those with short attention spans new episodes out every wednesday on ivm podcast app or website or any podcast app or site that you happen to prefer end of story they lived happily ever after Advertising is dead. Yep, you heard me right. Advertising is dead. We're all in the content business now. Let's not call it news, TV, radio, etc., etc. It's all content, and we're in the middle of this weirdly exciting phase where all the borders and lines that have been drawn over decades has been swept away by this lovely thing called the internet. We're a show where we don't dwell on just the stuff that is now, but rather the wider stuff about advertising, media, content, and the whole goddamn circus surrounding it. Tune in every Tuesday for our weekly unboxing of the mystery box we used to call advertising. I'm Varun Dugirala, co-founder and content chief at The Glitch, and this is my new podcast, Advertising is Dead. <laughs> 